everybody and welcome to this very first episode of What the Field, our very own podcast. Um, so, are you afraid that this is going to be another corporate boring podcast? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> with that name, Don't worry. With that name, Don't I mean, worry. it couldn't be. <laughs> we have you covered. We just thought this would be an ideal place to talk a little bit more in depth about topics such as agriculture, but also sustainability and basically everything that matters in the world as it is today, in the state of the world today. So, by the way, I'm Emily. And uh, I am Roman, uh, by the way. I should be working, first of all, but I'm sitting here with uh, <laughs> two of the co-founders of Crack Farming. Uh, Which should be working too. In a more serious matter, we're doing this podcast to to, for the sake of transparency, really, to, to tell our end consumers what's going on at crop farming, what's going on in the world of, of agriculture, and, and, and in this new uh, food supply chain that, that we're trying to build. And to have fun. I was going to say, and again, but we don't want to make it boring. Fun too. <laughs> yeah, but perhaps a bit, have a bit of fun too. Uh, in this very first episode, we're honoured to be joined by... <laughs> Yeah, Thank no. you. No, we're, very <laughs> no, we're very happy you guys are making some time for us. Uh, by two of uh, the crowd farming co-founders, so we have Juliette Simonin and we have Gonzalo Urgulo. Uh, thank you guys for being here today with us. Crowdfunding, co-founders is crowdfunders, no? Crowdfunders, you're <laughs> right. <laughs> you're right. So, so first of all, who chose the name? What the feel? And why? I think that's more to do with Emeline. Oh my god, I feel so put on the spot right now. <laughs> yeah. um, so, what the field, I think it's pretty obvious where it comes from. Okay. What the, no, no? No, no. Right. We, were thinking, we were thinking, since we're in agriculture, we need to put the field in there. So, Good. this is basically, because we were wondering what could the name be. And since we will be asking a lot of questions, we thought what the would be a good but we are we are in a, a transparent podcast you can say you are changing fuck with phil am yes, i right yes, yes, yes. if you if you want to <laughs> <Okay>. go if <laughs> you don't want to be pg-13 yes okay good good good, good. brilliant <laughs> have you prepared for this interview did you read the question beforehand because you're the boss because you can do that <laughs> did i no you don't have time. I wish I did, but didn't have time. Gillette really is busy. But she actually is busy. Well, you, you mentioned um, the beginnings of crowd farming. Tell yep. us how everything started. Well, Why are we it, here today? It started <laughs> in the field, okay? Right. In an orange field in Valencia. So we started like 10 years ago. I, the, I become a farmer. Okay, I, I used to work in logistics mm -hmm. and, and I have like a train stop in my life and say, do you want to run a farm that used to be from my grandfather? It was abandoned. Uh, my parents, uh, they, they were going to sell this farm. And well, I say, okay, why not? At this time, I didn't have to pay the school of my children. So uh, it was quite easy decision for me because <laughs> Uh, well, I want to move to a farm. I was living in Madrid and, and I wanted to have the experience in, in Veteran. It's a town close to Valencia. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I learned during the first years, I learned a lot uh, about farming and I learned a lot uh, about how disconnected are the farmers from the consumers. No? Because mm -hmm. uh, I, I needed to sell the oranges to someone 
and uh, this time there were like like a few intermediaries that took home and I couldn't negotiate the price of my oranges. No? Mm -hmm. So I was forced to sell these oranges because otherwise they will be still hanging in the tree. So you, you, you are running out of time, so you need to sell the, uh, the, the, your product. So we decided to create a website. That is uh, the first website that we created was Naranjas del Carmen. It still is naranjasdelcarmen.com. And we offer to, to people the opportunity to buy the oranges that we, we, we were cultivating directly from us. Okay? So it was not like the typical startup, like we, we get success very early. No, it was not. So uh, during the first three years, um, I was working uh, in Naranjas del Carmen as a farmer, but also like helping in logistic projects so that I can earn, uh, win some money. Um, you couldn't you couldn't make a living with your no farm. no no not at all I mean it was a loss maker and we we asked for a loan mm -hmm. uh, one hundred thousand loan to buy a tractor to buy a van and one hundred thousand loans <laughs> one hundred thousand loans that sounds one, scary sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. thank you for correcting me <laughs> talk to you later <laughs> one hundred thousand euros um, and it take us like four years to start like having a positive uh, results at the end mm -hmm. of the year. But it, I think it's normal, the farms need, it, it was more like a farm business, no? Mm. So... Um, May I ask, did time. you get help from your parents? Was it like, okay, dad, please, I'm promising you this is gonna work out, <laughs> help me. Well, uh, yes, I, I received a lot of help from my, uh, my father and, and also from my mom. My mom used to uh, go always with some cars that puts uh, ambassador of oranges, and she was like walking in the street, like giving this car to everyone, no? Uh, to strangers. To strangers. <laughs> yeah, it was like a happy mother or something like that. Now happy mother of farmers or something like that <laughs> in the car, so she was giving this away. But to make this story short, uh, in 2017, we we were able to sell all the um, oranges that we were cultivating. We grow a company from two people that was my brother and myself to 40. Mm -hmm. It was very disorganized company, but it was a profitable company. Mm -hmm. And there were like 40 people, uh, we were working 40 people like with good contracts and good job uh, mm -hmm. all the year round. Yep. Uh, it was not very normal in, in farm in, in the farm industry. Because of seasonality, right? This is seasonality yeah. and because of the prices. Yeah. So being able to sell all, all of our production direct to final consumers gives us the opportunity to, to build a profitable company. So Juliette, meanwhile, you had a good career going on. You went to a very famous French e-commerce school, basically a university. And um, what made you switch to this little orange startup, basically? Like, where do you enter into the picture and, and why? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think the answer is right on the right side of <laughs> <laughs> the room. Uh, no, actually, well, I was, as you were saying, I was working here in Madrid already. Uh, and I was, I have had the opportunity to grow professionally, but I was also asking myself what I wanted to do with my life. And I was very interested in sustainability and food at that time. Mm 
when no one when not so many people were interested on that no in, thank in, you but like I five years ago not, not so many people were interested in <laughs> definitely definitely and agriculture and everything that could relate agriculture to technology so well you know uh, madrid is a small world when you start talking about that then i got two people that mentioned naranjas del carmen the workers brothers company so i met them and I mean, how can you not fall in love with a project? You can't. So I said, okay, that's such a great thing. I want to be part of it. And so we started. At the beginning, you say no. You, you, <laughs> no it different. was a bit difficult. I mean, the, the, the story is different. At the beginning, you said maybe you can join join the company for this type of job, and I said, uh, I'm not that bad in my current company right now. <laughs> but then we started working together. We saw. I think it's very important uh, when you actually start a company with people that you feel you can work with them and that you bring each other something. And we're very different yeah. as, mm -hmm. as people and the way we think. And so it was, it was kind of perfect. Mm -hmm. So that's when we started discussing very seriously of working together. And that's when I said, okay, let's go for it. Because I was seeing it was working and that the four of us, we would really be able to create something because we're so different and we would complement ourselves. You know that, that I said that the company was like really, really disorganized because the, the, the positions were not very defined. There were not many protocols. And Juliet is Mr. Protocols, no? And Mr. Protocols. So this is when my brother and, and myself, uh, together with Moises, our, the, the CTO of the company and also co-founder, uh, we said, okay, we need someone like Juliet to organize ourselves and to organize the company. Okay, and was it not a bit daunting entering like basically a family business where you're not scared to be undermined by the two brothers um, or something? I don't know, because I would maybe feel this question. way. I'll give you a trick. At the beginning, when I started, I said, okay, I'll count every time I said Gonzalo is right and I'll try to do the same with Gabby so that I kill her. Like, it's all balance. And then we'll see. Do the brothers fight a lot? Less than at the beginning. I think at the beginning there was more fighting, but it's normal because Every, they really believe when in it. When everything is disorganized, one of the ways to manage the company is to fight. <laughs> no, when you <laughs> have a good. disorganized company, but it's working, so we fight. And but the good thing the about teams? fighting. What were the teams? Was it like you and Gabby against Gonzalo and Mo? It's or not the did game, you? So because usually you, you have it a side, right? Like, it was very funny because it's true that they know each other much better. And obviously, when you know a person better, you can fight a bit stronger, let's say. Mm -hmm. And for Moises and myself, like, we're. It, it, we're not family, literally. So it was very funny because you would have like the fight between the two brothers usually, and we and I said, "Well, try just to be like fair for both of them." At the beginning, at the beginning, Juliet yes. chose the fights. Okay, Juliet <laughs> is like I mean, you see, like a very polite French woman and everything. You, you say it uh, always explains you in a very good tone. But when she needs to fight, uh, you are lost. I mean, she's still okay. French, so yeah, <laughs> she has. She will not be taken down lightly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's funny because the, um, the year that we met Juliet, we were having so many problems with the French market, like uh, there were like French strikes and they were throwing the, w we sent like trailers to, from it Spain to Germany. So one, one, the first uh, trailer that we sent to Germany with Clementines, it, it was like a stop it in France and all the boxes were thrown away. So I was like, ah, but uh, <laughs> so I say, um, I mean, I, I always um, feel like I don't know how we have been more success in Germany than in France. 
because uh, we don't have any connection with German and we have a lot of connection with France, no? Juliet is French, my, my brother, another brother that I have is married with a French woman and it has been much more harder for us to, to be successful in the French market than in the German one. Mm. I mean, I, I'm looking around, you have a very nice office right now. Did you expect this kind of growth when, when you started the company or when you joined the company? Like, because it's 130 something people now working for credit farming. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have the time to expect, no. So yeah. we were just working. Completely uh, agree. It's true. I mean, well, I'm not expect. I, I don't know how we how we will be. I mean, we do some business plans and blah blah blah. We do we we draw some excels, okay. <laughs> but at the end, uh, most of the time we are working in like. Uh, I mean, to be honest, now we are dedicating more time to the strategy. I mean, now mm -hmm. I am beginning to think more in 2023, mm -hmm. okay. But until but this is starting now. Until yeah. now, we have been working in what are we going to do next month, and what are we going to do next week? No, I mean, is and I think that's actually the trick. Mm -hmm. You should be like this at the beginning, and then maybe you can try. As I w we were saying, we're like more people are joining us, and we have some experts in the team, so we can start looking at strategy mm. deeper. But before, and it didn't make sense because you need to adapt to exactly what's happening. Survive, right? Exactly. <laughs> so it actually made sense to do it like this. Now we have like the opportunity to think longer than today or longer than tomorrow. No, um, but it, it and uh, I mean we are evolving, and the way we manage the company is evolving with the company. Indeed. W when did your parents realize you have a real job? <laughs> I mean, for me, it's going to be different because I'm going to be a bit harsh on that. But I think my parents thought I had a real job and then I took that and they were worried I had lost my real job. And then now they're seeing exactly, like, exactly. So it was I think they were like it was like you're joining a small company with Spanish brothers <laughs> Spanish. to sell Spanish oranges. <laughs> OK, it's if it's your life choice, there's no problem. But apart from that, I'm laughing. But uh, they've actually been very supportive from the beginning. Mm. They're actually very good crop farmers. Yeah. They try to sell to everyone they can, <laughs> a bit like true. your mother. So it's not. But it's true that it was, it was kind of a, a big choice. But I think they now they're really seeing it's huge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And in my case, they have been always supporting us, so not a big deal. Uh, as far as I send them oranges for free, they are happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny because your brother told me the other day that your mom was really upset because now she has to pay for the <laughs> clementines. She does. You make your mom pay for her clementines? Not always, not always. Not <laughs> always. It was I a mean, mistake. It, it was, I, I, I forgot, like, she reminded me, I mean, send me some clementines and I really forgot it. Um, um, you she forgot she it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end, she, she bought it. I said, yeah, but it's, it's a good customer experience, uh, <laughs> UX mom. experience. Huh? Exactly. If your mom can go through the process, then. Yeah. Oh, you are you exactly. insulting the, the mom? <laughs> no, no, not just no, no, with me, but also with my mom. No. So you've, you've been at crowd farming for four years now, right? For like, I think November, we had our fourth anniversary. If you could go back in time, what would you do differently? Or are you like, no, we're perfect. We wouldn't do anything differently. We never Ooh. made mistakes. So we cannot <laughs> say we're perfect. OK, got it. <laughs> Emily, I mean, uh, <laughs> how can <laughs> I ask? <laughs> no, we want to know um, about the lessons learned here. Like, give us the good stuff. Like, for a future, like someone trying to emulate you, uh, what would your advice to that person be? 
I, I, I mean, I don't have advice for anyone about this topic. Uh, it's difficult. It's a, it's a really difficult question. Yeah. Okay, but what, what would I say? I mean, we have commit failures every day. Mm. But the good thing about committing failures is you, that you are a solver, a solver master. And we have become a solver master. We, we, we are probably one of the best companies solving problems very fast. Why? Because we are probably the company that has committed the m most failures in <laughs> one year. So, I mean... What's the biggest failure you've seen in four years at Crack Farming besides starting this podcast? <laughs> I, Come on, Barry. Does anyone else here in the office give it better? I didn't you. Obviously, obviously. No, I always say, uh, for example, to um, there are some decisions that I have taken uh, that have affected the website mm. because I was like very close mind because I have been doing this before in Naranjas del Carmen. So I was I was trying like copying what works in Naranjas del Carmen. So it has been very difficult for the product team to convince me to change my mind because it was already working. Uh, but there are some things that have uh, proved to be better yeah. that uh, I thought at the beginning and that has uh, led the company to a slower pace. Yeah. You know? In your case, Juliet? I'm not sure I would say the biggest failure because I'm not... A mistake, rather. <sighs> mistake. Or maybe lesson. lesson Frame yeah, it positively. No, exactly. uh, like, if, if it can be positive, it's easier for me because I think, I don't, I, I, I think we really... Uh, well, it's going to sound cliche, but we really learn from mistakes. <laughs> so I'm not sure I would say, okay, because if I d we didn't do that probably we would have done other mistakes afterwards but I would say the fr the main learning point is really in terms of uh, the teams how do we interact together how do we grow together and how can we just get the best out of each other mm -hmm. I think this is really important and to trust the people you're working with I think that some maybe I didn't see it so well before entering this company probably also because it it's smaller company than where I was before so it's different, the experience. But for me, it's been the key learning. So basically, you're saying this is not this corporate snake pit where everyone is backstabbing each other. So good well, for us. <laughs> to now, I don't know about you guys in your teams because you're not no <laughs> in no operations. Comments. No comments. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to talk about it's it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Okay. Um, I want to ask, um, like, could anyone have founded crap farming? Because Gonzalo, let's face it, you inherited a farm from your family, and yeah, that's where you started. Kind of a good capital. starting point. Right. Like. So you didn't have the, the problem of let's acquire some land to start this farming business, right? Because you you're, you're yourself, sorry for interrupting, but you yourself, I remember distinctly that you told me that the major entry barrier for farmers is the land. Because they're not able to afford it, that uh, that for you this is the, the one of the reasons why we don't have a lot of young farmers anymore. Mm. It's true. I mean, but if crowd farming is different than Naranja de Carmen. Okay, you are asking me about crowd farming. I am asking you about crowd farming, but of course you have a baggage of now yeah. ten years okay. of experience. Thanks to Naranjas del Carmen. I mean, yeah. crowd farming wouldn't have existed without Naranjas del Carmen. That's true. Yeah, it's so it's, true, it's, it's kind true. of related. It's true. I mean. There are so many, uh, to, to become a farmer, that is a farmer that is uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneur okay? <laughs> I think it's harder than becoming a city entrepreneur, mm -hmm. from my point of view. Mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, you, you like running a farm, it takes more time. Usually these like companies that wants to, or venture companies that wants to give um, funds, 
they want to see the growth very early. So when you are starting a far project, it takes more time. So you need to have patient, patient. You need to be patient, and uh, it's not so easy to receive funding mm -hmm. when you are running a farm project. Okay, and especially when you have been doing nothing before. I mean, what was what was my CV before Naranjos del Carmen? I was a student, not very good student. <laughs> so uh, I, I didn't have any. Not like Juliet. <laughs> not like Juliet. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, um, I didn't have any any background, so it was very difficult to convince any any bank to to give me a loan to to run this farm business. No? Mm -hmm. And like, having found first. Naranjas del Carmen and, and having learned to be patient and learning a lot of things about logistics and learning a lot of things about farming, mm. uh, like give us a really good position to found crowd farming. Mm -hmm. So I'm very happy and I, I, I think I am, uh, I have the energy and I have the knowledge to, to run the company as it is now. Mm. And I feel very confident about myself and I feel very confident about the team that I'm founding. So uh, I am very optimistic about uh, that we, we are a really strong team and we have really strong values. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and is looking very skeptical of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like you're, you're like, I hope you're not talking about me. <laughs> but it, it was a question for, to answer like this way. I mean, uh, I <laughs> no, 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 but I, I think it's, uh, I think you're giving the right answer. But it's not like a right answer, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but, um, yeah, it's true. But I think it, it's, it's, it's what you're saying is the truth, right? Like perhaps not everyone can, can, can do what you've done as well, but you perhaps were given a set of circumstances mm -hmm. and you took advantage of your circumstances when perhaps someone else wouldn't have done the same thing. But I think it's, mm, personally, I think it's almost always the case. Mm -hmm. I mean, even for a normal entrepreneur, it's yeah. getting the right moment, the right idea and just using your as you're saying, the set of circumstances. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure it's okay. I consolidated it with the farm because it was, as you were saying, uh, at this moment, what he had. But I think it's about that actually, yeah. to launch a business about choosing the right moment, the right time, the right skills, and knowing uh, and knowing yourself. No? Exactly. So I, w I was not very a very good student, so I, I will never be a notary. No, because you have to study a lot. Uh, I, I will never be an astronaut because you have to study a lot and it's not just a physical thing, it's, it's also... Mm. But I have a lot of energy and I, I, I like to travel and I love farming. So mm. I, I founded a company in the field that I feel comfortable. No? So um, I've heard through the grape wine that we now have investors. We haven't heard ha or we haven't had any investors um, except your parents probably <laughs> in the last no, four no, years no, I mean of our Juliet existence. was investor, I was investor at the so beginning. It was external, just let's say external investors. Okay. So I think professional investors from outside a company. Right. I mean, yeah. that's, it's actually quite a feat because most startups, they, they wouldn't have survived this long and wouldn't have grown as much as we did. I mean, we have, what, 300,000 clients or more, or we had those before the investors came in. And now we have investors, so do people need to worry that we're now going to be, you know, turning to the dark side? <laughs> 
What is the dark side? Exactly. <laughs> the, the venture capital world of unhealthy We are like building something big to sell and then buy, buy and then you yeah, get well, those with a big boat and I, and I go to buy another farm. Or having investors that are like, oh, you need to deliver. We need more growth, more growth, more growth. We don't care about the environment. More growth. Yeah. Okay. Did you sell your soul to venture capital? Yes, that's the right. question I was meaning Just to ask. Just no. <laughs> uh, Well. This, this, we, we, we make a big thought uh, about inviting like professional investors to give us funds to 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 raise the company and to run the company. No? Mm. First of all, the the it was not a uh, easy decision. So w the what we decided to do is okay. The, let's don't depend on investment to running the company, mm. so that we can continue thinking for uh, as long as we want. No. So we were like running the company in a way that we could support, okay? So we reached uh, a positive result after three years. Mm -hmm. So and it was on our in our plans uh, to to start crowd farming. We asked uh, for a loan to Banco Santander, 1.5 million at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So and we were able to to raise to run the company, to hire a lot of people, and then to give back this this loan. So we, we were not looking for investors to continue running the company because the company was already running. Mm -hmm. But it's true that when you hire people and when you hire like really good people, then you start to think bigger, no? Because when you are running a marketing campaign just by yourself, then you, 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 you can run a company like this big, no? Mm. But when you are starting to hire like a really good chief marketing officer and she opens your mind and gives you like more opportunities and Juliet is bringing more farmers and the more and more the, 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 the crowd farming is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and the projects to be developed are bigger. And at some point we, we, we couldn't have the funds to, to support the, the bigger the, po the projects, no? So we were hiring people just to maintain the growth. structure, yeah. The structure. And, but uh, at some point, okay, these people is asking us mm -hmm. and, and we are also thinking in bigger projects. And these bigger projects, we couldn't fund this, no? And, and crowd farming is born to be big. It's true, okay? It's, it's more romantic to be little, maybe. Maybe. I mean, but some I companies should be man should maintain little, but others not. I mean, cloud farming is born to make a revolution happening. Mm -hmm. Okay. We want to change the traditional food supply chain. We want to make, we want to allow more and more farmers to build their own direct channel to final consumer. Mm -hmm. And there are more, more, more farmers in the queue that is waiting us so that we are getting bigger. So there have, there are people and these people are investors that don't just give you money to, to, to hire more people or to develop more um, operations, but also that have been in companies like this before. Okay. And we were lucky that uh, the more and more there are more like impact funds mm -hmm. are raising. What's, huh? what's an impact fund for those who maybe listening to us and don't know? Good question. I'm not a specialist in, in funding and in funds. I don't have say you don't know, please. <laughs> <laughs> I know, please. I know. I mean, uh, uh, impact. Now, like a lot of people now say there are impact. We are creating impact. We are creating impact. I mean, for our experience, we were looking for uh, funds that they, they were not looking for... Only rentability. Rentability in terms of cash or profitability. 
okay? Like but also that they are completely aligned with the environmental and uh, social metrics that we were already trying to know. What are our metrics? Okay, our metric says that we want to have in Europe more and more uh, organic uh, organic land. This is why we are helping organic farmers creating more value from their products. No, mm -hmm. and another another metric that we were developing is like um, uh, reducing plastics in in packaging. No, so we are developing a lot of uh, packaging that is compostable or recyclable. No. And another metric that we are looking is to empower farmers and creating jobs in rural areas. No, so we we speak openly to these farmers. I mean, uh, we uh, we are not just looking for growing like 200% year on year. We are also looking at these metrics, and those metrics are as important as the other ones. All of them are important. No, mm -hmm. um, like we invite three at the end. We interview. I mean, I did it with you. How many how many investors we did we interview? Thousands. Okay, like a lot of them, in one year time. Uh, a bit more even. Yeah. More than a year, yeah. and at the end we we have the opportunity, and not all the staffs have had this opportunity, or not all the companies have this opportunity to choose the investors. And mm -hmm. um, I mean we 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 speak about this issue a lot of time. And at the end, we decided to invite these three investors, mm -hmm. and we are happy about this. You, you need to take decisions, mm -hmm. okay? And we, I think, we took the, and I'm sure that we took the right decision, because those uh, investors are advising us mm -hmm. uh, how to grow the teams, how to maintain the culture, uh, and all, and they are also giving us money to to run to open crowd farming in more countries, to pay in better salaries. To hiring better people, mm -hmm. to he wants to replace us. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> he was like sweating. We're <laughs> fired now because we have money. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for stopping me. I mean, I was like starting to pitch. <laughs> so, thank you. No, no, you were scaring us. <laughs> That's it. No, sorry. <laughs> we're going. Juliet, would you like to add anything to what? Well, I think it was very complete. But maybe ju just, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say your question is a bit. Uh, simple, if I may say so. <laughs> because He's I think attacking us now. No, no, <laughs> I'm just saying it's true that we've had so many times this uh, conversation and I think it's the vision you have from outside that you make VC money enter your company so you lose control and then you're not doing good for the world anymore. Mm. And I think in our case, first, we're still, uh, I mean, they enter the capital, but they're not the majority. So they don't have so much power and actually they can help us. I think you need to see it as a partnership, like it should always be. So and that's why the interviews you did uh, yeah. with Gonzalo were so important. Um, I just think it, we need sometimes we have this vision and it's true on so many topics we're seeing and we could discuss about it on sustainability. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we go directly and there is good and there is bad. And may and probably and as it is always in the world, the situation is a bit more complex. And it's just yet yeah, you need to take the best out of uh, these investors mm -hmm. to carry out our mission, which is very clear, as Gonzalo was saying it, and to actually keep going and keep growing to help farmers and consumers. That's what we want to do in a sustainable way. Okay, but right there, actually, I do have a more 
critical question. It's not very so simple. Okay. <laughs> no, I was simple. You've called us beta. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, Come on, I, you, I you started never, this. Never. <laughs> because speaking of sustainability and speaking of basically doing good, if you want to call it that, for, for farmers, for consumers, for this planet, um, you could argue I'm mm -hmm. not saying I'm arguing, right? Don't fire me for this. Oh, oh my but God. you could You could argue, one could argue that we have a sort of inclusivity problem of sorts that to be truly sustainable, wouldn't we need to be inclusive in the sense of that everyone of can participate, the right. consumers yeah. can buy all their fruits and crowd farming, but right. not but just... We, we are sustainable, but we are also professionals, okay. okay? So we want to deliver a professional experience to our farmers and to our consumers, okay? Okay, and we have limited resources nowadays. I mean, we cannot invite all the farmers to the platform because, by the way, it needs la at least three months since the first moment we visit a farms until we build the website for them, it takes us like three months. So and it's good. I mean, it's three months to create a link. You know it, but for us, it's very important. It's a human connection and they know crowd farming because they know the person working with them and we get to know them. It's not just, okay, you just sign in on that and uh, we'll never see each other and that's fine. That's not how we work. So it's normal that it's three months just to get to know each other. Sorry about that. It's true. It's true. So we have limited resources, okay? So, and, and then, uh, even though we are a software company, we do a lot of manual things and we love it. So we are not obsessed about scaling, 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 just do scaling things. No, I mean, we, we love to have this human connection. One of our values is to humanity. So we have a team here in Spain of uh, eight farmer hunters. Uh, like, this is uh, engineers that should visit the farms and so on. So um, we, I wish we could support like 1,000 small farmers, but nowadays we have just like eight farmers. So we have to choose. Some of them are big, some of them are small. So we eight farmer hunters, you mean? Yes. Eight, eight farmer hunters in Spain. No, mm -hmm. like eight engineers, farm engineers. Or biologists, <laughs> people that that select, that vet the farmers in the sense, no one that identify them, the and build relations with yeah. them. Yeah. So. Well, we choose the size of the farmers. I mean, some of the farmers from a product, uh, I don't know, like it, it could be like small farmers, but we need to say, okay, what is our small farmers? Like like single person farm. We do have some, okay? For example, we have some algas in okay. algae in, in Galicia, okay? I think there is like two, two women doing this and it's okay, okay? But when we are looking, for example, for oranges or for mangoes is easier for us to to find like a farmer where there is like 50 people working and they're supposed to be like big farmers no i think it's not a question um on this because i i think it's not a question of whether it's easier for us it's a question of whether it works with the current model we have and why we want to use our fundings. I mean, okay. right now we had the capacity and actually we just did, we had this investment a few months ago for what uh, the people we were. And 
as you know, well, probably no, you don't know, but to create a farmer page on what we call the farmer page, the description of the farmer on the website, it takes time, three months, and it's complicated. Translating it to seven languages, to Swedish, to Netherlands, exactly. to Italian, to French. So you get lots of details, and we discovered, that was one of the first learnings we were discussing about learnings before, that we made at the beginning, which was, if you're a small farmer, you're going to spend lots of time on that, and ev even if you sell everything you have, as you're so small, you're not going to be benefiting so much from the model because it's too complicated right now. We're not. So what we did at that point is we said, what is our mission to help farmers? If we cannot help small farmers right now, doesn't make sense. We're going against our mission and we're doing things completely wrong. So what we're doing is we're trying. It's not that we're not saying yes to small farmers. We're explaining them if it makes sense for them to enter, take into consideration this and this and this. So there are lots of them that say, okay, maybe for later. But with this investment, what we plan to do is to make it easier for them to enter because we're going to automate, even if we love manual tasks, I'm not sure my teams would agree on that, <laughs> but uh, that's fine. If we automate everything we can, then we're going to make it absolutely, it would make sense for a very small farmer to join. It would be easier for them. Right now, the problem is that it's actually so manual. So I think here it's not that we don't want these small farmers, it's just a question of timing. And that's where investment in that, in that case, I think, is good. Yeah. So with this investment, we can uh, like operate a logistics center where we can do the picking because some of the small farmers, they don't have like a place to do the picking or they don't have uh, even the money to, to pay for the boxes before the orders. No? So we will do this for them. Okay, and what about, sorry, Roman, Go ahead. but uh, the other part of the question was more pertaining to the consumer side. So I'm not saying I share this opinion because obviously I'm an insider on the subject, but we get a lot of comments from people saying, especially Spanish people, <laughs> saying, ah, oh, but this is so expensive. Okay, what would you say to those people? Okay, very good question about the price, no? Because we aim to have like competitive prices. We, we first of all, the farmers from the platform are the ones that fix the price. And this will not change. Important. And this will not, this will not change. Yeah. I mean, so we are not intermediaries. They, they, they decide the price and we Sorry. invoice the farmers. What do you mean they fix the price is the farmer decides the price they're exactly. selling? Exactly. It's just one single farmer, not all the farmers together. That could be understood <laughs> a bit wrong. Each farmer <laughs> yeah. Decide, yeah. decides the price. According that to their price. realities. Exactly. Okay. So there... The problem uh, when someone says that this product is expensive or the other one is expensive is because they are treating all the oranges, all the mangoes, like a commodity. And there are people that are, are growing mangoes and they are like paying attention about solar energy or that they are paying attention to pay good salary to their workers. So this is, they cannot compete with other people from other countries or that they are just willing to have a piece of fruit that looks like a mango and they don't care about how is it growing. So you cannot compare, you, you cannot compare apples and bananas. And oranges. then there is the organic point. I don't know Part about, that. I think it's the basics also. We're selling organic fruits. So which means that usually farmers, it's higher cost for them to produce. So higher price. It should be affordable for all people in Europe, okay, to buy fruits directly from the farmers. but. Uh, organic fruit. Organic fruit directly from the farmers and that the farmers receive a fair price or what they consider a fair price, not the farmers. 
and yeah. and and so this is very very important and, and we also need wants to pay like good prices to the transport companies no it doesn't make sense that then we press the transport companies and we try to 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 pay them less because we want to be competitive no more than good it would be fair what we're trying to do is to build a fair system and this is what it's not the case right now in the food industry and that's why we're there and that's why Gonzalo was saying we want to build a revolution mm. it's something completely different what do you think the unfairness of the current system lie, lies? Oh, that's terrible because we don't want to, <laughs> to point anyone. No, we're going to start pointing <laughs> fingers. No, but, but since, no, now I'm picking on you. Because <laughs> since you mentioned you want to build a fair system, that means I the current system is unfair. It's unfair because it's inefficient. So you mm. lose so much in the process that it makes it unfair. Because to make sure that anyone can survive and can buy product you need to not pay the farmer mm. you need to put so many intermediaries so in the process you lose fruit you lose the harvest i mean it's it's such a complex question no but uh, uh, to answer you in a simple way for me an unfair system mm -hmm. is a system where the one that is working the most and that is absorbing the highest risk is receiving the less mm -hmm. and this is the farmer normally is the one that is working the most, is the one that is absorbing all the risk, and is the, re the one receiving the less portion of the cake. Mm -hmm. This is an unfair system for me. Yeah, agreed. You were mentioning earlier, um, or you were emphasizing the organic aspect. So why do we only accept organic farmers or farmers that are in transition to organic? Why, why make that choice? If we wanna, because we want to help all farmers. Yep. You said it yourself in your question. And let you no, but it. it's a personal decision. We, we are uh, organic believers. Okay, it's like that. So, but we are not just helping organic farmers. We are also helping the ones, and you are helping the ones with your job, Emily, um, uh, about conversion project. No? We are yeah. helping the farmers to convert into organic. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to sell any fruit that is not, uh, that has been treated with pesticides. We are not, this is, a personal decision that we have taken. We are funding this company with these values, and we are not okay about... So this is simply a value of yours. And, and what is your take on this, Julia? No, I was just saying, I think the key part here is not to say, okay, we have the easy task, we're just waiting for farmers to be organic, and then we make them sell, and that's perfect. Uh, we're working with farmers in conversion, which can be a very tricky moment for them because they're losing part of their harvest and it's not the best moment. And we're actually trying to promote those to help them and to multiply the number of farmers converting to organic. Mm -hmm. So I think it's part of our mission too. So of course, as, as Gonzalo was saying, it's our value, but we want to make this value ac accessible to more. So that's why that's part also of what we're trying to do. Something that um, you touched on before, uh, speaking of operations and the farmer hunting team, is how far can you audit farmers? Like, how do you know, for example, that a farmer is selling organic when they say they're, they're inorganic? Or how do you know farmers are paying fair wages to the workers? Okay, the first one is, is easier easy. than the second yeah. one. Yeah. Okay, because you just analyze the harvest, like in different types of the season. You, you go by surprise, you pick some mm -hmm. fruits and you analyze the harvest. Mm -hmm. And, and you can you, you can you see if the farmers if, if the fruit is organic or not. Mm -hmm. And apart from that, you get lots of help from the European Union because organic yeah. is something. I mean, it's a label. It's not something we invented ourselves. So yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but it's a good question. We are all, uh, now thinking about how we, how we can, about the social aspect, no? Yeah. How we can be sure that the farmers are paying, like, because this is, like, uh, very, very, it's very difficult to be transparent on this, no? Yeah. Uh, it's also the policy, privacy policy of the people that don't want to disclose the salaries and blah, 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 blah. Mm. So it's quite difficult. So, but we are making progress on this and we hope to have something that is enough for us. No? Mm. Uh, what is enough? <laughs> when is it ever enough? What is enough uh, about the salary or the yeah. social conditions? Social conditions, specifically. Yeah. I mean, uh, for us, the, the aspect of like, is the organic farming creating more jobs? Is this creating uh, like uh, good jobs? What is good jobs? This is your net questions. <laughs> what is good jobs? Like like you have you can make a, a good living with them in the area where where you are living. Okay, mm -hmm. so uh, with the salary that you are obtaining, can you can you have like a good balance? A, a good a good can you make a good living? Mm -hmm. Can you take your school? To, to, can you take your children to a good school? Can you, you know, I mean... Do you have stability? Because this is another issue in agriculture, right? Yeah. Because people are just temporarily employed mm -hmm. for the season, for the harvest, and then basically they find themselves looking for another job until the next harvest usually, no? Mm -hmm. But it's something that we, we are working with the farmers. I mean, we are checking with them how transparent could they be mm -hmm. in terms of uh, law, but also in terms of... Is, is something that is is not comfortable, and we we like uncomfortable issues to, to monitor uncomfortable issues, um, and it's a, a really good objective objective for us. Do you think it's a cultural issue for farmers not wanting to? Uh, uh, not not just for farmers, also for uh, any companies. Mm, for any employer, right? for any employer, they they don't like to disclose how much are they paying to their workers, no. Yeah. And and we are crossing some red lines, and we don't want to go with this discussion. You are not disclosing it because you are paying like very bad salaries. I mean, please, um, this is like very easy. Um, uh, we don't like that too. So it's a, it's a really interesting topic. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes, to to we think that to be completely transparent, you have to cross all the red lines and to cross all the privacy. And sometimes, like transparency and privacy they can match and we need to, we need to find this this place where they match what would you say going forward are the major challenges crowd farming is faced with I'm barriers sorry. are there maybe mm. existing today are barriers that need okay to so be yeah worked on to be able to to grow even more let's say okay so we have a lot of How barriers better. okay so we need to get um uh, for example now when you go through crowd farming, you can just buy like a big amounts of fruits. No, you can buy like five kilos of clementines, and sometimes from some f people like buying five kilos uh, in a single boat is like too much. No, uh, so we need to be more efficient in terms of logistics so that we can mix products from different farmers and making it like very fast so that they receive all the product very fresh. Mm -hmm. no? We have barriers also sometimes uh, we have like climate issues no like affect the harvest of the of the um, farmers 
and they were there are people in crowd farming that they, they were expecting some product and at the end this product don't, don't exist anymore because it, there has been like a big storm so we need to communicate to them and uh, yep we have like a tons of barriers now in terms of packaging we have to evolve a, a lot in terms of technology we have to evolve so many things uh, we have we want to be and this is one of our objectives we want to be the most trusted um, marketplace in the world okay not, not not the biggest one but the most trusted okay we want to be treated from the farmer side from the consumer side and even the people working in crowd farming we we want all of them to trust in crowd farming so this is a, a daily activity i mean we we it's not something that you make a plan and let's try to do this plan is it's something that we both need to transmit to the people we we need to be trusted no our team uh, should trust on us we should trust on our team so this is one of our main objectives to, to be the most trusted marketplace in the world i think we also have a lot of challenges in terms of uh, logistics mm. uh, which is may maybe the only point you didn't uh, mention because um, we're looking for the best fruits to bring the fruits or whatever the product to the crowd farmer and this means actually taking into account so many things because we want to be sustainable and to improve our, our logistics uh, our, yes our management of everything on so that th i think that's also another point we have well um thank you very much for answering our questions we do not have time for more because gonzalo you speak too much and yes was indeed we need to work on that part for sure <laughs> we hope you didn't fall asleep listening to this first episode we are promising the next episode will be a little bit shorter <laughs> in any case thank you for joining us on this little field trip to the world of crowd farming mm -hmm. And until next time, hopefully. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.